eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in to Take Command. Craig Hoffman here. That's Logan Paulson. And joining us off the top of the show, I've done many podcasts with this man, uh, but I have not done this podcast with this man. Lorenzo Alexander, former Washington Commander, former Oakland Raider, former Buffalo Bill, Pro Bowler, former Pro Bowl MVP. Uh, he played for Jack Del Rio in Oakland, which will become relevant in a moment. And uh, he is with us here on the pod to start. Uh, Zoe, always appreciate you, man. Uh, thanks for joining us. No, I appreciate you inviting me on. It's always good to see uh, you, Craig, and Lowe, obviously. I had a lot of fond memories of us playing together, going back and competing against each other, and it's just really cool to see how you've transitioned away from the game as well. And I'm actually out here in Cooperstown, New York right now. My son played in a baseball tournament. We just got back from the Hall of Fame, so just enjoying some of my, my time in offseason as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, you don't have an off season anymore. It's always it's always the off season now. You don't get well, you don't got a season to get ready I do, for. I do media. I do media, so yeah. I, I still have an off season. You know, it's from pretty much the same. I don't have training camp or none of that other stuff. But from mm. February to about August, I don't do too many podcasts. So this is my off season. All right. Well, <laughs> well we uh, are sorry for interrupting your off season by having you do a podcast, but yeah. we wanted to have you on because obviously the big story. You anything, man? I appreciate that. I appreciate. It. Uh, so the reason we wanted to have, have you on is the, the big story outside of the OTA stuff, and, and Logan and I will do plenty of the on-the-field stuff later in the show, but the big story right now for the Commanders was literally national news yesterday. Like We're talking about this being on CNN. Jack Del Rio uh, has comments about right. January 6th, and he has some tweets that tie January 6th to the protest uh, in the summer of 2020 following the murder of George Floyd, and... I think the question that we will tackle, the purpose of this podcast, like if you want the political stuff, go to CNN, go to those folks. But for what right. we right. are going to talk about is the effect it could have on the locker room. So whether there's an example of your career or you were to try to put yourself in the commander's locker room now, if you see a coach saying something that maybe you disagree with politically and, a, and a, specifically a coach doing it, what kind of impact does that right. have on his ability to do his job as defensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders? 
Well, I think for the majority of those guys in the locker room, it, it, it may matter to them in their personal conversations with friends and family outside of the locker room and maybe even with some of the guys in the locker room. But because of the structure, and most guys are expendable and can move, they're not going to really voice their opinion, right? They still got to show up and do their job and, and want to play at a high level. And what he said, you know, on Twitter, it, it will bother them, but it's not going to impact the way they go to work and try to compete and earn themselves a job. Now, if it's somebody that may be a little bit more established, you know, maybe a veteran, maybe somebody like myself that was in the locker room 10, 12 years and feels a little bit more secure in who they are, they may, if depending on the relationship, they may have a sit down and, and want to say, hey, you know, so what is going on? I, I, You know, we've had all these conversations, but obviously you still have a certain perspective of what's going on in our country. And and, and maybe they have be able to hash it out. You know, I don't know if, if some guys may not be that mature and maybe hold it against them. Um, you know, I, I played for Jack, but because I I got there week one of the season, I didn't have an off season. I didn't have a training camp of really getting to know him. And while I was there, he was the head coach. And so I didn't really deal with him too much. I don't really know him personally and, and how he thinks and, 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 and kind of how he moves. Uh, so I can't really speak to that. But I know it will be an issue, especially with some of the more veteran players, some of the guys that may be more in the community involved in these situations, trying to figure out what did he really mean? You know, what are your true feelings? And it, and it could become an issue, especially when you think about all the stuff that Washington has, has had to endure with all the, you know, distractions and, and, and things that they've had to deal with over the last, I mean, really even when I played. So, I mean, it's kind of been ongoing <laughs> issues, especially when you think about cultural um, and public relations type of things uh, that have been in the, in the news uh, concerning them and the organization. So, so, you know, like someone asked me about this earlier, and I think you brought up a great point, like how certain players are not comfortable enough, like going to the coach. Like how important is it having leaders? Like, you know, like someone asked me, like, what would you have done as a rookie? Like, I was like, I would have gone to Zoe. I would have gone to Kedrick. I would have gone to some of these older guys. Yeah. Like how important, and you know, the commanders are kind of a young roster at the moment. Like how important or not important is it not having that kind of veteran leadership in the, in the room that can go and address this issue if they need to? Right. Um, I think it's, it's, it's important and essential that you do have veterans on the team that have that relationship with the head coach and management that can be that bridge, right? Because yeah. everybody doesn't have that ability, that everybody doesn't have that voice or that platform where coaches are going to receive it. You know, whether that's right or wrong or indifferent, that's just how the league is made up. And normally when you have guys that, have, that are proven on the field and, and have the respect of the coaches, it's easier for those guys and in a lot of ways, less risky for those guys to approach these type of situations. Um, and so it, that's why every team looks for those veterans, because this is an issue where, yeah, it may not be spoken on, but mm. in silence can 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 uh, pull a team apart. Where, man, I don't really even trust this dude, man. I hear him. I hear what he's saying. Yeah, I'm out here doing my job. But we all know that relationships and chemistry matter right am i going to run through this wall for this dude when i don't really know if he has my back or he has some perspective issues you know as far as what's going on in our country so um it it, it, it matters uh and hopefully they do have you know maybe one or two guys that can be that bridge where they can sit down but i know jack definitely needs to address it right not just address it to the media and then push on and keep moving uh, because there are going to be players that feel a certain type of way, and probably coaches too, right? You got coworkers yeah. that you got to work with um, as well. And, and if you in a meeting, I don't respect you. Um, that is an issue that can 
obviously deter you from winning football games at the end of the day. That's what you want to be able to do. You know, and obviously, Zoe, you played for a long time, man, and, like, are one of my, like, favorite guys I ever played with. And I wanted to know, get your take on this. Like, I felt like from when I got into the league and from when I left the league, so about 10 years, the political voice of the player changed pretty dramatically over the course of that time period. Yeah. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I, w- I would definitely agree. I think that, that uh, the notion of, you know, shut up and play, shut up and dribble, kind of that was how the league was for a long time. Um, you know, that, that power structure and feeling like if it wasn't about ball, I couldn't speak about it. Um, and I think obviously as we have kind of transitioned into this digital age and where everything is public and you're always representing the team that guys have, um, really embraced and really understand the leverage and the platform that they, that they have, you know, obviously with social media, getting their message out and then a responsibility in, in a lot of ways to be the voiceless or to be the voice of the voiceless, right? Uh, you know, athletes um, have a certain ability to, to go in the rooms and speak to people and be heard in a different way because of that fandom and that celebrity that's attached to their face. And so somebody who otherwise wouldn't know me, you know, if I just never played ball and I went to speak to them, may receive my story growing up in Oakland and some of the things that I've seen my friends or myself go through much differently than um, someone that um, played in the NFL, right? It, it just received differently. I feel like I'm a part of the relationship is there versus not having that relationship. And so I think it's, I think it's essential that, that we're able to do that. And I think that's really been the transition where guys realize that and are stepping up more so than not these days to really help continue to push change in a positive way. Yeah, and one of the things that I think is interesting about that specific to the Del Rio comments and like not to evaluate the veracity of anybody's opinion, but just as a is a sheer right. statement of fact, one of the biggest inflection points in that is the protest of 2020, which he brings into that conversation. And so you have some guys in the league, right. maybe I don't know specific to the commanders. I, I don't know every guy on the roster and where they were that summer, but like you might have guys on the roster who were a part of those protests and, and might feel a certain type of way accordingly. Um, I actually have a question for both of you guys though. And it comes off what John Allen said. And John was asked about it by JP Finley and was basically like, I don't really care because I don't pay attention to this stuff. And I'm curious within the context <laughs> of an NFL locker room, like how many John Allens are there? How many Lorenzo Alexanders? And I'm talking like Vetzo, who like does, is locked in, is paying attention. If you were in that locker room, you would have that kind of meeting versus like, and then, you know, also like, let's be real. There are guys who probably heard what Jack Del Rio said and was like, that's my guy. So like, how, you know, are you aware of that in an NFL locker room? And also, how big of a deal, you know, is kind of the makeup of the locker room from from that perspective? Yeah, I mean, the locker room is like, uh, you know, the rest of the community, right? You have, you can't, there's no uh, one way to cut the locker room. It's very diverse. You know, black guys think differently than other black guys based on how you grew up and where you come from. For White sure. guys think differently based on what you grew up and come from. So there's not like it's split racially, um, you know, socioeconomically, it may be split differently. It's just because there's a hodgepodge of guys that have different experiences, that have talked to different guys, depending on how long you played. Are you married? Do you have kids? You know, where you grew up. This So there's no one way of looking at it. And again, some guys 
uh, may disagree, but don't even feel comfortable enough to, to speak up and speak out. Now, I think John Allen is definitely aware of what's going on. Now, he may not care. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know what he's his He's real good at the media is, game. He, he, he came saving trade. Right, he's definitely heard. Right, and, it, and I think guys sometimes that's the go-to answer because they don't know uh, the right way about addressing it. But I think in this day and age, especially a guy like John Allen, I mean, has the ability that, uh, yeah, I heard what John said, you know, Hopefully, at some point, we get to sit down and have a conversation. If he disagreed with him, I don't know where his where his political stance is, and have a conversation. Because at the end of the day, yes, you are my coach, but at the end, outside of this, I'm a grown man just like you're a grown man, and we're trying to win, and so we need to have these conversations. I think people, you know, let's just push it to the side, not not address it. I'd rather at least know where we stand. Yeah, I may not, I may not agree with your perspective, but maybe I can respect your perspective after I've had a conversation with you. And then it makes it easier when I'm listening to you in a meeting. I'm not sitting here harboring this, uh, I don't know, I don't feeling of aggression or anger or disappointment because I'm portraying something on you without having a conversation. So I think conversations are critical or important, especially when there's disagreement. So at least I have a sense of peace based on what you've told me. We've hashed it out. You heard my piece. And then we can respect, respectfully disagree on occurrences that we've seen on and off the field. Uh, right. And then and then move forward. And uh, in, 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 I think in a in a fashion that's more cohesive than just let's not let's avoid it. Let's not talk yeah. about it. Right. That's more that old school mentality to me, which which breaks, which creates, I think, more more harm than good, you know, over the long haul. OK, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, and I agree with everything Zoe said. <clears throat> and in some ways, the locker room, in my opinion, is a little bit more extreme even than like the local community. You're almost getting a slice of the national community. You get guys from like rural Ohio and guys from the inner city, and then it's very yeah, rare yeah. that those populations would meet. And one of the things that I really miss about playing, quite honestly, is like you could have like a knockout, dragout conversation over lunch. Like I remember talking to Zoe and Kedrick, and like we don't always agree, you know, ideologically, but like getting their perspective, getting their opinions from different backgrounds. And then the fact that like, there was like this brotherhood about it. You know what I mean? Like we could have that conversation. We could respectfully agree or disagree. And like, I came out of those conversations always with a broader view, you know, and like to Zoe's point, those conversations were so impactful for me as a young, as a young guy that I was able to carry those even as an older player, like just having the ability to do that. And then the fact that you're kind of united in this common purpose, it always kind of made everything better. You know, and we were able to leave those those tables, those lunch conversations in a better place, like me personally. And then I think our friendships grew stronger because of that understanding. And I just think like to Zoe's point, like if we could talk about this, if the team can talk about it, if they can talk about it with the coaches, it just, it leaves you in a better spot. A hundred percent, you know? And like, I might not agree yeah. with everything that people say, but at least I know you now and I, I can identify and empathize with your perspective and so I think it's so critical, you know, that if, if there isn't if there's even a seed of doubt or issue that someone has yeah. enough leadership wherewithal, like Zoe's saying, to go and talk to Jack or go and talk to Ron or whatever it is. Yeah, and, that, and that's great. And, and, you know, people wonder why what's, what's special about Buffalo. Sean McDermott is the first one to let you know 
that he doesn't know everything. And he he may have a certain perspective on things, the way he grew up, uh, you know, in Philadelphia and just has his, but he was always, hey, so, especially like around the kneeling, right? We had countless conversations or, yeah. hey, uh, some of the stuff that was coming up around the Inspire Change stuff. Hey, Zo, what do you think? Or asking other guys, what is your perspective? Because I don't know as a white male yeah. what your perspective is, right? And right. so he may not always could could understand it because he didn't live it, but he could definitely empathize to Logan's point after we had those conversations. And then guys felt comfortable. They didn't feel like their job was at stake if I came to have a conversation. Or I was a conduit where I could then tell guys, hey, this is what the conversation was about. And yeah. then it's, it's, it's easier for guys to move within the locker room without this extra tension in an in already stressed environment. So hopefully that he's able to do that, and uh, and, and it will definitely be better for the team if they have those conversations. So that kind of gets to, to my last question, and this is a, a point I spent a lot of time on the radio talking about the last couple of days, which is Ron's role in all of this. Ron was brought in as this guy who's supposed to be a master culture builder, guy of impeccable character, personally speaking, but the team feels very much just as chaotic as when Jay and Bruce left. Like, it's chaotic in different ways. And some, of, by the way, to their right. credit, or to Ron's credit, some of the chaos is leftovers, right? With the lawsuits and all those kinds of things yeah. happening before he was here. <laughs> yeah, so, like, important caveat. But, like, there is been... about decades, right? <laughs> totally, totally. But, like, it, yeah. he was supposed to make this ship feel steady, and it sure doesn't right. feel steady. And I, as someone who played in a couple of different places, who experienced different cultures, who played here when it was tumultuous, who played in Buffalo when it was great, and some of the other places you saw, literally, you know, chronologically speaking for your career, in between, like, how do you go about setting culture as a coach, and ultimately, how much does it matter? I know it matters a lot, but you lived it. How much does it matter? Culture is, is, is really everything um, in, in my mind because it sets the foundation for a group of men to stay together and ladies to stay together for a whole season. And um, one of the things that I really got to see Sean McDermott do at, at a high level was allow people, before there was even any type of adversity, to share their stories, build those bonds, and gain that empathy and understanding before anything occurred. And so when things do pop up, because they will, right, life, especially in the climate we're in right now, you're able to easier more easily walk through those things together and 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 make it and still win games and still come together out on the other side as a team because everybody faces it whether it's on the field with injuries or people saying something in the media losing some games whether it's in the community and what we see with some tweets from players um if you already have a foundation when those things happen you have a relationship and understanding. And so instead of, like, let's say Jack got up and shared his story and I understood where he was coming from, instead of having maybe a, a heart of maybe disappointment or aggression, my first instinct is that, hey, let me call Jack. I know Jack. I feel comfortable with Jack, right? We have some common, some commonalities, and let me have a discussion with him, right? And that's two different ways to approach the same situation where one is going to be a lot more productive than the other one. Um, and so culture to me, that's what culture is, is, is for. It's not for everybody has talent and plan, but when you have that adversity that you're going to face in life, how, how can we overcome it? And culture allows you to do that at a higher level. 
That's great stuff, man. That's great. I'm really glad we had you on. Uh, stay, yeah. stay dry out there. Uh, <laughs> enjoy the enjoy the rest of your trip to Cooperstown, and uh, we'll have. I want to have you on. So we had a great conversation on Monday's pod about how veterans can impact players on the field. I would love to have you back in a couple weeks, uh, back when you're back home in Arizona and not running out of a rain or the rain into a tent to uh, to have you talk about that yeah. much more. So we'll have you back on then, Zo. All right, appreciate you guys.